Hope. It's what military families need today. Join Hope for the Warriors once a month as we talk with America's heroes and those that support them. Through open conversations and honest dialogue, learn more about the topics that are most impacting the military community. Welcome to the Hope for the Warriors podcast. I'm Kate Dudley, a military spouse and your host. Welcome to this third episode of the Hope for the Warriors podcast. I'm your host, Kate Dudley, and I'm so excited about this episode because as a military spouse and a mom to the cutest little toddler boy, I am so passionate about self-care, but it's so easy to overlook it. So in a few moments, we will talk about the practice of self-care with military spouse and caregiver Lauren Fagan and Hope's Director of Physical Wellness, Sports and Recreation, Jenna McDonald. Speaking of diving in, our kayakers and paddle boarders mostly stayed on top of the water for the 16th annual Kayak for the Warriors event on June 3rd. And wow, I was fortunate enough to spend time in Pine Knoll Shores, North Carolina where they absolutely love the military community. This event went from eight kayaks back in 2008 to over 120 folks in the water this year. Brian Kramer is the town manager who is retiring and he spoke with me about what it means to see so many smiling faces out on the water. It warms the heart uh, as a civic community. It warms the heart as doing doing something for, for the people who need to be taken care of, which are our wounded and the family. And every year, it just it, it's as good as last year or better because people care. So congrats to Brian on his retirement. He told me that next year, he'll be spending several weeks in Spain. So la mayor de la suerte is Brian. That means best of luck in Spanish. And hey, learning a new language can also be a form of self-care. So without further ado, I'd like to bring on my first guest. So my guest for the Hope for the Warriors podcast this month is another military spouse, Lauren Fagan. We spoke a couple of months ago on the phone and we just had such a great conversation. And I really wanted to bring you on this month specifically because July is self-care month. So my first question for you is just tell me about you. Where are you from? What's your family situation? Tell me about your your husband. I am actually from Sneeds Ferry, North Carolina. I still live in Sneeds Ferry, North Carolina. We moved a little bit. I've got a mom and a dad. All my grandparents are still living. I have four kids. My husband served in the Marine Corps for 17 years. He retired in 2016. We briefly moved to Florida after that, um, and then I miss my family, and so we moved back, and we have a nonprofit for veterans called Operation Barnabas, and so we um, do some work in Northeast Florida, and then we also do some work here. He takes veterans diving, grouper fishing, deep sea, and also bottom fishing, so if they're older, you know, just kind of it's his story. So I don't want to dive too much into it, but he likes to, he knows the feeling of kind of being lost in the everyday, like not 
being able to find the one thing that that he gets bored you know they're used to work 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 and then all of a sudden that's cut off and things are a little different in your head and so giving the experience of a helping and with operation Barnabas if that's the need or just giving them a day on the water to kind of clear their head and give them that experience with their brothers and sisters or whatever is our goal his goal I just kind of help behind the scenes I'm more of the He's the, he's the social butterfly. I am not. <laughs> I would not get that vibe from you based on our conversations that we've had. Well, I like you and we, we can you know, <laughs> exchange conversations, but I am very socially awkward. And I think it comes with like the hyper, I don't know, just being aware of whenever I'm with him, like what's around us, what's behind him, him facing the door, all these things that I say things. And I'm like, why did you say that? Like that is so dumb (laughs) I'll think about it all day too like why did you say that to that person that was so just weird Lauren (laughs) it's not and I feel like we bonded over this when we first spoke (laughs) because I do the same thing I have these moments and I have a good friend that uh, a lot of people don't know I was in television for a long time and I have a lot of uh, friends that are still in the industry and I have one friend that I'll text her or call her and I'll just tell her about this awkward thing that I said because she's the same and and I'm like why am I like this (laughs) I'll turn bright red and I know they can tell that I've just said something that is completely foot and mouth material but I just kind of try to recover quickly and move on and then I just think and think and think about it it's great well I just want to hear more about your background how long have you been married for we've been married for over 10 years we got married after his let's see after a deployment, we went, just went and got married at the courthouse and we've been together for almost six, well, 15, almost 16 years. So, and you have four kids. How old are they? Yes, we have four kids. Kaya is 17. And then we have OC the fourth. He is seven. Isla is five and Boaz is four. That's got to be hard to manage, especially the, I mean, I'm sure the, the one that just graduated high school is more manageable, but I can't imagine having three all under the age of seven. We're very hands-on with them. And I guess it just kind of works now. It was very difficult when they were a lot younger, just because that's a lot of kids, a lot of needs all the time. Now, just, we just kind of work as a team. It's some days you're just like, oh my gosh, like I've had enough. This isn't, you know, so you just kind of have to change the momentum in the house and figure something else out. But I love, I love it. I love being a mom. It gets overwhelming. It's loud. It's very loud in my house. So tell me about your husband's service. So he enlisted right out of high school in 1999, went to boot camp in California. And after that, he was a recon Marine his entire career. So he was with second recon, second force recon. Whenever they grandfathered into Marsoc, he became a Raider. And so his, his whole career, that's what he did. It was a recon marine. His last deployment was 2013, and it was a it was a really bad deployment. Two back to backs were really really rough, but the transition out was I think more challenging than we like even he had anticipated. I I tried to prepare myself, but he was one of the first. He was the first from his team to retire, and so there was nobody before us to 
offer any kind of like, okay, man, this is what you do, you know, don't do this. But just mentally, I think it was really difficult for him going from, I mean, you know, recon Marines, they're always go workups, deployments there, you know, it's, it's a tough job. And so going from that to kind of, huh, what to do now was hard on the whole family. It was and not to mention like the TBI. So there's a lot of things that were being forgotten. It's like taking on a whole new role of, okay, let's, we got to figure out how to, how to get out and keep all this paperwork straight. They don't offer information they're not like, oh, here's what you need to do with the VA. So you have to kind of navigate that all by yourself. The rating process, I think so many just kind of give up because they're like, okay, I'm at 50%. That's enough. But I was like, no, that's, I have to do things for you. So we pushed for the hundred and sure enough, they're like, yeah, this is hundred percent permanent in total, but it was hard. It was a lot of things to figure out, a lot of paperwork, a lot of overwhelming feelings and just going, you're going through the motions, but it's like a whole different motion. It's not the same every day. Every day is different. The migraines uh, that he was having were really bad to start especially with stress. So, And you told me that you're a caregiver as well. What are some things that yes. you do for him? Well, I remember the things. He He's very, forgets things easily. Like you can, like the kids' birth dates, for example. Sometimes he even forgets those. Making sure doctor's appointments are scheduled, get, getting him there, making sure he gets there. Just little things, grocery shopping. I do all that, all the cooking all the laundry, you know, all the things that like a wife does, but then kind of a little extra, just, Mm -hmm. just a little extra. I don't like, I don't like making him feel bad that I do all these things for him, you know? So I don't, it's just a lot. It's a lot to, I'm just now going back to work part-time. I haven't been able to work, but now that the kids, you have to kind of, your whole life kind of revolves around it. Like my kids were young and most kids would go to daycare. Like go to daycare and then mom works, dad works, but that wasn't really an option for us. I had to stay home anyway, you know, to make sure he was good. So now that they are old enough to, to get out of the house with me, I take them with me and I can work two days a week, but that's probably the max for right now. At Hope, we talk so much about military service and veterans and their sense of identity when they're transitioning out. And I feel like it gets a little bit lost, the identity of the spouses yes. or the caregivers. Would you agree with that? Did you have any struggles with that? I think for me, I was always afraid that people were judging. Like the people that were our friends, a lot of them aren't our friends anymore, which that had to do a lot with our alcohol too. Like our whole circle changed, but I definitely, my life went from, okay, he's at work because he was at work all day, every day to then he's home. And yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really have anything. I kind of had to give up the things that I was doing. And then I was just like, mom, <laughs> mom and wife. And that's kind of where the, I just was like a title. I felt like a title almost. What are some things that you did to maybe shift that or change things for yourself? 
I love art. So I like to paint and things like that, which I just picked that back up two years ago. I really didn't do anything for a few years. I just, I really got in a funk. I got in a really bad headspace for myself because I wasn't taking the time to do things that I needed to do. We lived in the middle of Florida and it was hot. We had a farm, so I did have animals and they were literally like my saving grace. I think just, I love animals too, but I love to write. So getting back into just the little things that I like to do, even just making, I wish I would have made time for the little things before because it would have made such a difference, but just making enough time for the little things I think is so important. Like picking the things you like to do most and really making yourself make time for those and not feeling guilty for it. That's so hard as a mom, because I don't know if you feel the same way, but, and this just might be too much information and I don't know if I'm going to use it or not anyway, but I feel like as a mom and a military spouse, everything I do, I feel guilty about Yep, everything. If I go and play a volleyball match or if I go and play a softball game, or if I hang out with a girlfriend on Mm -hmm. a Friday night for dinner you know, just spend that time away. You feel a horrible mother because you're not spending time with your child. Yep. Exactly. I feel exactly the same way. And then you have friends who are like, why do you feel like that? But they have no clue what it's like to, I mean, I'm very protective of my family too. So I don't want anything to happen whenever I'm not home or, you know, like my kids are wild. Like they are feral. We joke around that they're (laughs) really are like semi-feral and um having friends that understand that I think is so important to like I have a handful of friends two three one's a veteran one's a gold star wife and then there's me and I don't go and do a lot of things with them but they never make me feel like that's a bad thing they call me they keep up you know they check on me they ask me to go if it's something they know I can't go to then they don't ask and I don't get offended by that. So having a good circle of friends is super helpful with that. Cause when they don't understand, it's like a waste of time. It's like a bad relationship. A hundred percent. And I feel like those friends are the ones that you want to keep because they're not going to pressure you and say, Hey, have a drink. Hey, do this. Yeah. Hey, stay out a little bit longer because they understand what your situation is. And that mom guilt is so real. Yeah. And my friends are like, do not have a drink. <laughs> like, <laughs> Don't ever again, please. <laughs> and how important is it to, to eliminate the negative relationships in your life? Oh man, I had a really, really hard go with that this past year. I was kind of hanging on to these relationships from when my husband was active duty, because I think any military wife can relate to the fact that And a lot of them joke around about it. I do like, oh gosh, team wives, you know, Uh, (laughs) but when you, you can outgrow people. I'm a firm believer in, and my faith helped me figure this out too. You don't have to have people in your life to root them on and to still love them, but you don't have to have them be a part of your life. Life is precious. I think you realize how precious life is when you're in this situation too. You see like my friends, their husbands are killed in action or just the everyday struggles that we still have, you know, 
it's so important to realize that healthy relationships are worth your time and those that aren't healthy are not and you just need to let them go do you think that sort of relates to self-care in a way yes like your mental health big time one relationship in particular she would talk so poorly about other people to me and I'm like oh you know I brush it off all that you know I would defend these people and I think that happens a lot especially in the military with wives but then I quickly found out that this was she was also talking about me and I should have known that but it really affected me like I let it eat at me um and so I think that was kind of my learning my learning point of no I can't like my my mental health is so important to my family and my husband and my kids that I cannot let stuff like that go on for as long as that did because it just it will eat at you it's just human nature what does it do for you mentally when you do eliminate? It's probably hard to make that initial cut, but in the long run, how do you feel mentally when you eliminate those types of relationships in your life? I felt like a weight was lifted. I didn't feel judged anymore. No, but you shouldn't have people around you that you feel judged by. And it just felt like, okay, I can be me now. Like I'm, nobody's judging me for being who I am. Yeah. You mentioned the alcoholism earlier do you feel comfortable talking about that at all I don't think that God put me through or that I put myself through and God allowed me to go through the things that I've gone through for me not to share because I think it is a huge problem active duty retired everything revolves around alcohol and I've struggled a good part of my adult life with alcoholism so as my husband but I I went to treatment for alcohol I am um and I think it's a byproduct of what we've been through also with the military, but I do have, um, me, I'm manic depressive, so I'm on medication as well. And I probably will be forever some sort of medication, but it was, for me, it was, I was trying to escape and drinking was my way out. It was, and it was a terrible way out because it affected so many people around me, affected me, but I am sober and I think this is the healthiest I've ever been mentally and physically. For me, that is a huge plus, but just mainly being present for my kids and being able to do the things that I need to do with them and remembering it. I would say I'm not a scientist or anybody who takes statistics, but in my case and in my friend's situations. Alcohol was the number one reason why families were no longer together or domestic abuse happened or suicide. I mean, it's insane to me that it's just nobody can handle alcohol like that. It's just not, they can't, you know, that's, if you drink like that, it's a problem, but it should be something that is more widely accepted to get help for when they're active duty. I think my husband was the first active duty Marine in his command to get treatment for alcohol while he was in. How long have you been sober? So I was sober for six years. And then after we moved, I got super depressed and started drinking again because I'm a genius. Um, <laughs> The treatment and I've been sober for 13 months again and I think about it and I'm like how dumb was that it wasn't even a long time that I was drinking but I think it took that because I thought I could 
now that I didn't have kids that were babies, I could just have a glass of wine every now and then. And I did that for a while. And then it spiraled. And now I think back and I'm like, why did I let that happen? And I think it's so that I knew, hey, you cannot have one glass of wine. Like you cannot touch alcohol at all, period, exclamation point. <laughs> like I have no business drinking. Well, congrats on making it Thank to 13 you. months and the six years before that. I mean, it's unfortunate yeah. that you had a hiccup there, but I still, I mean, in my mind, that still counts as over seven years. I could lie about it, but it's life yeah. and life gets the best of us. And sometimes like you're grabbing at straws, mm-hmm. so I'll grab the wrong straw, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get connected with Hope for the Warriors? I had reached out because we, it was before like iPhones got super cool. This was in 2016. So we didn't have a way to keep organized and Trey was forgetting dates and all this stuff. And so I had reached out about an iPad. We needed an iPad or something. I didn't know. Cause like I said, I'm tech challenged and they sent us an iPad so that we could keep it on the counter and have it so that we could put in dates and he could go by and look up the dates to what like appointments we had and all that. And then after that, I met Christy and she asked me to write blogs. So I did that for a while and then just kind of stayed in the network of, I, for a little bit, when we moved back, I wasn't, then I kind of got back in the loop a little bit when she reached out. So you guys do awesome, awesome things. It's nice to have an organization that does stuff for caregivers too. And kind of going back to the self-care, I feel like a lot of times with the men and the veterans that are men, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of times they don't seem to pick up on the fact that self-care isn't just, oh, go sit by the beach and read a book. Like it can be yeah. other things, you know, self-care could also be cleaning your house or organizing that desk that you haven't in, in forever. I think both of us, he does do an online Bible study. Both of us are really big um, in, in our church. Like we are very hands-on. I, I'm in the children's ministry and stuff like that. That's a big thing for him. He likes to, his online Bible study is huge. He likes to be involved in the church, but he hates clutter. And so, yes, I agree with you. I think taking on little projects like that, he's got a shop that he keeps immaculate. It's perfectly clean in there. You walk in and he knows if something's out of place, but I think busy work, little busy things are important to keep your mind busy. When you take away the alcohol or those other types of options, (laughs) it's so much better to focus on the gym or decluttering or just taking a walk or something. I do CrossFit. He does jujitsu. We each have that, that we set a time for, like he gets up and he, it was really unlike him at first. I did not expect him to be as involved as he is, but a lot of people think it would be bad on their body, but it actually is a lot of stretching, a lot of stretching and moving. And it's kind of like fast yoga, it looks like to me, but he gets up and he's at the gym by six in the morning and he's got his group of buddies and they all roll or whatever it is that they do <laughs> roll together. He's usually done by like seven thirty-eight in the summertime when the kids aren't in school, he's done by nine. So that also helps him just being physical, physically active is a lot of release for him. I think for anybody really. Yeah. I mean, it's that burst of serotonin. Yes. So important. (laughs) Yep. 
So your husband has been out since 2016. Mm-hmm. You and him, just based on our conversations, are in such a great place compared to maybe what you were six yes. years ago. Yes. What advice would you give to military spouses that might be in the thick of it right now, really struggling? Obviously, if it's a situation where it's like a physical, if you're not safe, you know, get out or do what you need to do for the safety of yourself, your kids, whatever. But if it's a situation like ours, that was, you know, we needed help and we were so close to giving up on each other. But if we had given up, then we wouldn't be where we are right now. I would say, don't give up, push for the things that you need and figure out where those holes are in your life that you need to fill with good things. Don't fill them with more bad things. If you're drinking, figure out a way to stop drinking. That's not healthy for your body. It's not healthy for your relationships. Just don't give up. Do what you need to do to get in a healthy place. Find things you love to do and fill up those bad things with the good things. I think that is great advice. And (laughs) it's a great statement to leave on to because this month being self-care month, it's so important to focus on those types of things and figure out ways to fill those gaps in your own way. Take care of yourself, take care of your marriage, take care of your family. That was Lauren Fagan, a military spouse and caregiver who is so inspiring to me. I love reading her blogs and you can check them out if you head on over to our website, hopeforthewarriors.org. I will also include those links in the show notes of this podcast. And we wanted to wrap up this podcast with a great guest who is Jenna McDonald, our Director of Physical Health and Wellness, Sports and Recreation. Jenna, thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Kate. I'm excited to chit chat. It'll be a great day. It's a great day. What do you do for hope, uh, you know, for our listeners that that don't know Jenna McDonald? I'm a little biased, but I think I have one of the most fun positions here at Hope is that I have the unique responsibility and ability to assist our service members, active duty members, spouses, caregivers, and families of the fallen in their physical wellness endeavors and goals. That may seem really broad and vague in one breath, but really what it is, is that we want you to be well, mentally, physically, and wholesome within your well-being. So we will either help you get that started with maybe it's a couch to 5k where we slowly build from walking to running and have a culminating goal as that 5k or maybe injuries or time or other responsibilities are hindering you from maybe getting out there on the road or you don't necessarily have a joy with running we can help you discover other activities like yoga, um, hit in your living room with no equipment that dogs and kids can be involved in and running all over the place and you take some time for yourself or getting outside into nature and using those trails in your backyard if that's where your demographic lends you to. Or maybe it is just as simple as trying to stay active with your kids or your family. And it's a goal of I'm going to push the stroller for 30 minutes a day and we're going to take in the sunshine 
in it when we can, or I get to coach my kids game or anything like that. That is where I backfill slash fill in and listen to our clients and provide them with tools and resources and my ear and my expertise to assist them in this lifelong wellness journey. That's a great description of what you do. And we wanted to bring you on today because our guest was Lauren Fagan, who is a military spouse and caregiver. And it felt right to bring her on because it's self-care month. And she is just a great example of someone that is pursuing her passions and finding things that she's interested in that she is just going for it. So for example, she does a ton of art. She takes care of exotic plants, which is very cool. And then on top of that, she does CrossFit. And I think it's a great example of someone that self-care looks different for everyone, right? Right. And I think that that's the primary goal that I had taking over our physical wellness program is making sure that it's inclusive, making sure that if a individual comes to me and says, I kind of have these boundaries and I really want to take care of myself. I want to put myself in a top priority spot. Um, How can I do that? The best way is to really open your horizons, broaden them, try things, trial and error. Um, I feel like Lauren and I can be a little bit kindred as a military spouse. I know how that is. I think we all have that connection where we feel our plates just kind of start stacking up um, work responsibilities, kids, dogs, households, et cetera, et cetera. And then you move. So you throw that on top and you're trying to find your own niche in your own community. I too found that through CrossFit. Um, I, I am a lifelong athlete. I was an athlete through college. And one of the things that was my community as a child and adolescence, and then collegiately, then I left, I got into coaching and that again became, again, part of my identity and um, lifestyle. Then I got married to this military life and I was like, whoa, I can't coach anymore because we move a lot. I can't. And I started to get all these, I can'ts. Then I found CrossFit and I found that I can do it anywhere. There's usually a location. I can do it in my garage now. That's where I do it now with my kids in the background or at 5 a.m. before they wake up. And it's about creating a space finding a passion that's yours, um, that others can ebb and flow through, but they also understand in your family unit that that's for you. And that I think is one of the most important things about self-care. Doesn't have to be hours and hours long, can be 20 minutes, can be 15 minutes, but it's yours solely and you feel very proud of it and you feel renewed and ready to face life's challenges or the day's challenges after that's accomplished. I would just love to hear your thoughts and opinions on advice for somebody that just can't get there that, that says, okay, what do I even start? How do I begin this self-care journey? What would you say to them? Wow. That is absolutely something we hear a lot of. I see it within, you know, my parents, my own family that they just kind of like, where do I begin? This is new. This isn't something that we were exposed to, et cetera. So how do we do this? My biggest piece of advice is try anything because one shoe, one size does not fit all. 
I could never do exotic plants like Lauren's doing. Um, I, I kill a succulent, which is supposed to be really easy. I, I kill fake plants. It's just not my MO. So that I would probably try, realize I'd kill them and just move on and maybe get a little frustrated. But then I would be like, hmm. And inspiration is everywhere too. And I think self-care looks different for anyone and you have to just kind of experiment and understand what self-care is supposed to feel like. So self-care could be like refinishing a piece of furniture for some people. It could be, you know, taking their dog for a walk. It could be getting a pedicure. It could be talking to their buddies at the barbershop. It could look a lot, it could look a lot of different ways. What I think one of the first steps is, is try everything. And then the second step that goes hand in hand is to understand that the goal of it, what is the goal? What are you trying to get out of this self-care? And really what it should feel like is a place for you, a place for you to reflect, place for you to feel energized and renewed um, and feel connected to you and who you are, not all your responsibilities, not someone's spouse, not someone's mom, not someone's dad, not someone's caregiver, kind of stripped down of all those titles and just about you. This is about me and my passion or my activity. What are some resources that Hope provides for veterans and military spouses that are looking to start or that are on that self-care journey? Within the realm of self-care, and it really fits within our domains of emotional and physical wellness, we can provide guidance. We can provide resources within their state if they come to us with a little bit of an idea, whether that's a CrossFit idea or whether that's a hiking idea or even a gardening idea. We can really be that sounding board where we can journey map it a little bit alongside of them and take some of the burden, if you will, of the research, because that can get a little bit muddled off them and say, here's your top three in your area for a DIY class. Maybe we should start there. And then we check in with them, make sure that they are actually physically taking the time, scheduling it out, making that appointment with themselves and then kind of gradually walking through the process with them until they feel really empowered to to continue that. That is an awesome description of what you do. And I think that we really touched on a lot of elements of self-care. So I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with me uh, for self-care month and for this third episode of the Hope for the Warriors podcast. I'm sure we'll be hearing from you again in the future. It was a great pleasure. Good chat. Thank you for joining us for our third episode of the Hope for the Warriors podcast. I hope you learned some tips on practicing self-care. I know I did. I might pick up art. Maybe you felt inspired to work on your marriage or learn something about how hope can help you start your wellness journey or keep you moving forward on the path that you're already on, whatever that looks like. Make sure you follow and subscribe and keep an eye out for our August podcast where we will focus on Happiness Happens Month. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Until next time, keep in mind, a little kindness goes a long way. Hope it's what our military community needs today.